Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland on News Talk. Declan Jordan, Senior Lecturer in Economics at Cork University Business School at UCC. Declan, are you a man for taking on refurbished gadgets or do you buy new every time? My phone is refurbished. The last couple have been refurbished. Not necessarily circular economy driving it, more economy. Yes. Just, it's cheaper. Um, I'm not, uh, I'm not the, the, uh, the leading edge in terms of technology adoption now at all, but uh, an older, I don't need to have the newest version of, of the iPhone, but yeah. I am an iPhone user. Well, course. that's it, yeah. So you, you, you'll eventually get caught when they change the software and you'll, you'll probably have to upgrade it's chargers. It Hopefully we can get this new um, EU regulation about everyone having the same charger across all phones. That, that is something that would help. Yeah, I think they've been trying that for about 10 years. I'll mm. believe it when they start rolling it out. The reason we have you in, Declan, households are facing the biggest drop in living standards since 2008, according to the ESRI. Um, now, we know the ESRI issues bulletins on a regular basis. Not every one of them comes true. Uh, in Ireland, we have managed to book the trend, strangely, with corporation tax in the last couple mm. of years that meant the coffers are being filled. But it is quite a grim assessment based on the fact that inflation is going to be average about 7% this year. And that's just going to eat into whatever growth is out there. Yeah, it's 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 a very... Uh, it's a very difficult time to be a policy maker right now. Um, I mean, even just just to look not just at the Irish economy, look at the global economy. Um, I was reading in the Financial Times this morning that a, a survey of economists uh, looking at the US economy, 50% chance of a recession over the next uh, two years, 40% over the next year, which when I see that 50-50, essentially means Nobody we don't knows. really know, yeah. right? Um, and, and, and I think economists like myself have to be uh, quite sanguine about the kind of... Uh, uh, forecasts we're making now we're in very very difficult times and challenging times we haven't seen this before I mean coming out of there's a pandemic which was a, a, a first uh, and then the, the pent up demand from that pandemic and then as we emerge from that we get a, a, a European war um, and the spike then in food prices and and uh, energy prices that, that, that that's fueling so you know this this is this is a, a very hard time to know exactly how to play the, play the economy because all the risks are on the downside about recession, about damage uh, you know, to households and, and households um, being in real terms worse off. And yet at the same time, we have inflation and upward pressure on interest rates. We're in a period now where inflation hasn't been a thing. I mean, we, we've had mm. decades without inflation. I, I made the joke at a conference recently that there are young economists in their early 30s who only ever thought it as a concept rather than mm. a reality. They never saw it before. And as a result, that's adding to the uncertainty. There, there are other global factors yeah. here, but every country in the world is going to suffer from this. But when you look at our figures here, 7%, they say, in the SRI, mm. across the water in the UK because of Brexit and other factors, they're looking at double-digit inflation. This causes chaos in an economy, no matter what it does. It always yeah. has. Yeah, and there, there was, I suppose, a lot of, um, uh, con- you know, consensus in, in economics profession about the great moderation that we had, you know, through the early part of the century. You know, this idea of a great moderation that we had inflation beaten, that inflation now was under control, um, that uh, we didn't need to worry about it. We had the monetary policy tools and we were sophisticated enough sophisticated enough in our policy making that we didn't need to worry about inflation anymore and, and that's really come back to bite us and we can see the, the initial reaction the initial uncertainty with central banks about whether this was transitory whether this was permanent and I think 
uh, coming out of the pandemic, it was reasonable to think that it was transitory, that the, the, it was a pent-up demand of, of an increase in savings. People were, uh, there was a huge increase in the levels of savings, household savings during the pandemic. Um, and that was going to be released into the economy. It would take a while for supply chains to adjust, but we would eventually see prices stabilise. Then we have Russia invading the Ukraine and the effect that that has on um, gas prices and oil prices um, and also the effect on food prices, which is, the, which is I think, the one that's looming out there. Um, you know, the effect on food prices won't be felt, I'd say, until winter into, into next year. Um, and while a lot of people can do easier things for want of a better word you know to shop around and to switch from branded to 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 own brand and so on um there's only so far that can get you um until eventually as all prices rise you're going to struggle households will struggle to find those Mm. better deals Uh, we we knew what happened in the 70s uh governments threw money at the problem that then created a problem in the 80s and there was a, a very disastrous cycle we are at a different point now where there is a transition underway, moving away from fossil fuels. Countries like Ireland could do very well if they got the green economy right and, and become exporters of energy as opposed to mm. uh, importers and just users. Um, there is this reset that's underway. The question is how quickly we can get to that and how much damage is done in the interim. It, it's, it's interesting currently now that, again, we have a crisis that is taking up all of the energy and all of the focus. We seem to go from crisis to crisis. It's a perma crisis. crisis. We're living in a perma crisis. Well, it seems to be always there's something that's stopping us uh, from doing what we need to do or keeping our, what what I would consider keeping our eye on the prize. I mean, you know, we know what we need to do in terms of the climate emergency. We also know what we need to do in terms of um, our own economic and and regional development, in terms of balanced regional development, uh, investing in housing, investing in um, public transport, uh, investing in active commuting, making our cities more livable and our towns more livable. But what happens then is that we get a shock like this or we get a, a situation like this where um, that, that that prevents us, just like the financial crisis did, prevents us from investing in those things. As, you know, the, the National Dialogue last week, there's lots of demand for the extra. 1.6 billion in surplus has been spent mm. many, many, many times over already, right? So... Um, That's not even close to an election. Not even close to an election. <laughs> and, you know, the, the demand... And, and these are all valid demands. I mean, you know, I, I know there's a lot of criticism of wage, uh, wage demands, um, but it's very hard to blame workers, particularly lower paid workers, um, when they see that, uh, you know, levels of profits are going up, uh, higher higher wages because of the tightness in the labour market at, at upper upper levels of wages. Um, it's very hard to, to blame them then for not looking for increase in wages. But what are the other um, elements that, that I find fascinating through this entire process is that we, we look at our reserves. We had the National Pension Reserve Fund. We spent that. Uh, the Rainy Day Fund. We spent that. Um, we are the worst savers as a state mm. that has ever been. I mean, if, if we were a six-year-old with our communion money, our parents would intervene. Why are we so bad at putting money away for when we might need I'm, it? I'm not sure that it's an Irish... I'm not sure it's, a, it's, it's just an Irish problem. I, I think it's a problem of... Partly a problem of democracy, right? I mean, you don't have this issue in totalitarian I mean this isn't an issue in China for example right so um, it, it, because you have these election cycles and because you have uh, demands for money and you have a, an electoral system where you have a redistrib- redistributive view of it uh, and, and politicians are sent to Leinster House in our case to um, to, to represent their constituencies and to look for well what have they got why can't we get it and, and 
that 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 doesn't lend itself to longer term planning. You know, when you've got a five year election cycle, it doesn't really lend itself to a fifteen year or twenty twenty year investment cycle, uh, and that's partly the problem. I, I mean, I I think that you know renewable energy offshore wind is the big opportunity for Ireland. This seriously big opportunity for Ireland uh, for its future. Um, I'm not very optimistic that we're actually going to sort this out. I don't think we're putting the resources into getting it done as quickly as we could do. And I think in 10 years' time, there'll be another crisis and we'll be wondering, gosh, if only we had invested in renewable energy time, if only we had invested in public transport, if only, if only we, we had, had invested in housing. If only we had a Dublin metro, if only we had proper public transport And we've never, ever regretted infrastructure, public transport infrastructure that we put in place. Never, not once, uh, to be fair. The other side of the, the growth side of the equation and, and the artificial high that is corporation tax receipts. We know that that's coming from FDI. The Mm. domestic sector is doing okay, but it's not justifying the returns that are there. And we're we're actually skewing the European pot, which is really, really bizarre. The mistake any government will make is that they will rely upon that, that it's always going to be there. Um, how, How confident are you that we can continue the strong growth, that there will be the money coming in, that they won't have to borrow, they won't have to dip into the rainy day funds, they won't have to somehow make money out of nothing? Are you well, worried the, about that? Well, the economy is strong. The fundamentals are strong within it. Um, that's not to say that there aren't households suffering and suffering deeply. And we, we have growing inequality. Um, the FDI, I, I'm not particularly worried about FDI continuing in its strong, uh, uh, as a strong part of the economy uh, and generating the types of tax returns that we're seeing. I don't think, though, I don't think, though, that we should be relying on it for current expenditure. I think the Fiscal Advisory Council, my colleague Seamus Coffey previously as well, arguing that we should put away a portion of that. Mm. I think that makes eminent sense. We can't rely on it. It is a windfall. Declan Jordan, Senior Lecturer in Economics at University College Cork with the Cork University Business School. Thank you very much for coming in to join us. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for having me. Down to Business with Bobby Kerr. Brought to you by Bank of Ireland. Saturday morning at 11 on News Talk.